You are a Locked On Braves postcast, part of Locked On Sports Atlanta, your team every day. And hello and welcome into the Braves postcast. Grant McCauley and Jake Mastriani with you after the finale of the Braves and the Mets. This showdown between the top two teams in the NL East, and it was the Mets who took two out of three after a convincing 7-3 win against Charlie Morton and the Braves on a Wednesday afternoon at Truist Park. We'll run you through everything that happened, of course, get you set for the four-game series that begins with the Washington Nationals as the Braves and every other team approach the All-Star break. We'll get that started in just a moment, but I want to remind you to subscribe to the all-new Locked On Sports Atlanta right here on YouTube, and make sure you subscribe to Locked On Braves wherever you get your podcasts as well. As for the Braves, they were hoping to have a perhaps a subscription to series wins, and it looks pretty good for them, and this was a good homestand, 7-3 and three overall. But, Jake, I think uh, recency bias might just creep in, and the down note that was losing this finale to the Mets did maybe take a little bit of the shine off, though it wasn't a disastrous series for all intents and purposes moving forward. Yeah, definitely not for moving forward, but I will say the Mets were impressive and they won this series. I mean, they just outplayed the Braves in just about every facet of the game. But you look at it, the Braves are still just two and a half back in the division. They played 12 more times. And again, again, credit to the Mets, but the Braves certainly didn't play their best in this series. They will play better games going forward. But again, I, I just want to give you know credit to the Mets, credit where credit is due. They won this series. The Braves just weren't up for the challenge this time around. But don't let that steer you from the fact that the Braves are still in this from the play they've had over the last month and a half. They are right there in this division race, and I still think they're better than the Mets, and I think that they overtake them in the long haul. Yeah, there are 72 games remaining. 12 of those games are head-to-head against the New York Mets, who now have a lead in the season series four games to three. So it's not like the Braves have dug themselves a gigantic hole in the head-to-head matchup, and it's not like the Braves haven't made up the gigantic hole that they dug themselves into over the first month and a half of the season by going on that big winning streak and just making this a series where we can even talk about a chance where the Braves could perhaps take over first place. It did not play out that way. Let's get into game three of the series, which was the 90th game of the year for the Braves. They fall to the Mets by a 7-3 final score. New York now 55-34. and Seven runs, eight hits, no errors, five men left aboard. The Braves 53-37 and now on the year. Three runs, eight hits, one error, and six men left. Chris Bassett picked up the win. He quite simply was able to do what Charlie Morton was not able to do, and that was miss enough bats and you know keep the opposing offense off balance on this day. Batson improves to seven and six with his six innings of one run ball. Morton, meanwhile, drops to five and four. No save in a game that lasted three hours and five minutes. Crowd of thirty four thousand eight hundred seventy nine were on hand to see it. Jake, typically, if I tell you, hey, the Braves are going to hit three home runs and they got Charlie Morton on the mound, you're going to feel pretty good about that possible outcome. But this just was not their day, as all three home runs were solos, and for Charlie Morton. The home run ball certainly bit him. Yeah, it did. And again, it's kind of just a difference in the fact that the Mets had runners on when they did their damage. And Mm -hmm. it was really the three-run homer by Lindor that really just changed everything, especially with the way the Braves offense is right now, which honestly hasn't been great for the past couple of weeks. They've scored four or less at nine of their last 12 games now. So, you know, once Lindor hit that home run, they went up four to nothing. You really kind of felt like it was going to be a challenge. I still felt like they had a chance to come back and they had some opportunities to chip away and just couldn't get a big hit with runners in scoring position. But like I said, that that three run homer after you walk the number nine batter to start that inning, you get ahead of Nimmo 02, can't put him away. 
and then you give up the three-run bomb. Uh, that's just hard to overcome right there. The Braves offense, you know, struggling to manufacture and score runs. You really just felt like that was a pivotal moment in this game. And then, you know, obviously the Mets add on later and really kind of put it away. Yeah, and you didn't really feel like at any point in this series that either team had had that big haymaker of a hit early in a game that really put them firmly in command. But Francisco Lindor's three-run homer in the third inning off Charlie Morton, that did feel like kind of a knockdown blow for Charlie and for the Braves. Uh, On the day, five innings pitched. He did pitch into the sixth inning, but was lifted after allowing a third home run of the day to uh, Mark Canna. Six hits, five earned runs, three walks, and six strikeouts. The first inning, it it looked like maybe you got that Charlie Morton out there that's going to be able to miss a bunch of bats and give the Braves something they did not get from their starters in this series, and that is length. They were not able to make it and record an out beyond the fifth inning, and that, Jake, was not something I was expecting. I know the offense is not necessarily guaranteed to thrive, especially when you're going to face Max Scherzer. Chris Bassett has been a quality starting pitcher for the Mets this year. And David Peterson, give some credit to him. He threw a good game against the Braves as well. But you kind of thought the Braves starting pitching was going to be one of the strengths in this series. And as it turned out, it really wasn't. Yeah, I mean, it's what I talked about coming in is the I thought the depth of the Braves rotation is what would give them an advantage in this series. And like you said, it it just wasn't. And I felt confident coming into the game on Wednesday with Morton and the way he's been pitching lately, going up against Bassett, who, again, is a good pitcher. But, I mean, the key for this rotation and what's been the strategy for success is, you know, pitch into the sixth inning, keep the game right there, and then the Braves offense kind of goes to work against the other team's bullpen late to either come back and win or add on to put the game away. And, you know, they had a chance to do it in the first game. They did it in the second game. But like you said, that big blow from Lindor late really took away that opportunity to hang around in this game until they got some offense late, which they did. But again, just the solo home runs and a little, you know, too little, too late type of scenario there. So it was very surprising. The Braves starters not able to get a single out in the sixth inning in any game in this series. Again, a lot of credit to the Mets hitters. That was clearly their game plan. And I think that's just what they do every game as they work at, at bats, foul off some tough pitches. Uh, that Guillermo Guillermo Herbat in particularly against Jesse Chavez late in the game. Again, just another kind of blow. He fouled off some tough pitches, took a pit ball the other way for an RBI hit there. Uh, that's just the type of hitters they have up and down their lineup, and it really wears down a starting pitching staff. It really did. But, yeah, I think it was the early offense on this day that kind of set the tone for the Mets. And the Braves haven't played great in day games. They have a losing record. Meanwhile, the Mets have had a pretty good record in day games and have done well in series finales. And, look, the Mets are not the same team they were in 2021. And you can put all the jokes aside. They did go out and make some quality additions. Some of those players weren't even available to them in this series. I'm looking at Starling Marte in particular as you would think that maybe the Mets would come in a little beat up, a little undermanned, but they did grind out at bats. They did get big hits. They did you know, start rallies, and they were able to scratch across enough runs to take the opener behind Max Scherzer, which was obviously a tremendous boost and a tone setter for him to take the opener of the series. And then additionally here, able to show an offense that just it was not going to quit fouling off pitches, working counts, and ultimately piling up a bunch of runs. And the long ball, not really something the Mets are necessarily known for as much as the Braves are, but they were able to hit three home runs off Charlie Morton just a second time in his career. He has allowed three home runs in a start, and he was hit very hard. Lots of barrels in this game. I think the hardest hit ball in the StatCast era against Charlie Morton came on the Pete Alonso single early in this contest. 
this was just one of those where uh, for Charlie, unfortunately, he didn't have it, was not fooling the Mets, and they were able to give those professional at-bats that you talked about. We'll talk a little bit about the Braves offense. There were some highlights in this game, and then, of course, we'll get you set for the four-game series that begins against the Washington Nationals. It'll be coming your way starting on Thursday. Before we do, though, I want to tell you about Coffee AM because Coffee AM is an Atlanta-based small-batch coffee roaster. If you go to coffeeam.com slash locked on today, you can get a look at their full menu. they got coffees and teas and gift sets, something for everyone there. That's coffeeam.com slash locked on. And if you use the coupon code locked on, you get 15% off your first order as well. So take a look at what you can find over there. I have some. I start my morning with Coffee AM. I recommend that you do the same. It's the best small-batch coffee roaster in America. As far as waking up the Braves bats, maybe a cup of coffee, maybe uh, just a whole bunch of runs early on against the Washington Nationals would help out. But there were, I think, some highlights in the finale against the Mets. In particular, you had Matt Olson hitting home runs in back-to-back games. You had Eddie Rosario with a three-hit game and a no-doubter home run in his final at bat. Jake, that's something the Braves have been looking for, to get some punch out of the guy they signed to a two-year contract to be kind of an extra dimension of their offense with that left-handed attack. Good to see Eddie Rosario getting in on the action and have a good game for him. Yeah, I tweeted this out here in the game. If, if we have to sacrifice this game in order for Eddie Rosario and Ronald Acuna to get going, then I can live with that. I thought Acuna's at-bats were really great in this one other than his last at-bat where he struck out. But a single the other way in his first at-bat, walked in a second at-bat when he actually got five balls thrown to him. And then another great swing and a great hit in his third at-bat, but a line out to right field. So love the at-bats I'm seeing from Acuna. But yeah, big to see Eddie Rosario come up with some good hits, pulling the ball with authority, going down to that right right field field line there, rather. And like I said, that big home run. So if he can get going and Acuna showing signs of getting going, I think that bodes well for the offense going forward. And certainly that is what the Braves need right now. Yeah, if Ronald Acuna coming in the last uh, two dozen games, the last 24 games was hitting down just over 200 with only four extra base hits. So he has clearly not been the impact player that the Braves are you know, hoping to see him become again this season to just find his way back to where he was, which was a ridiculous next level in 2021 before the ACL injury. Did steal a base in this game, would have had two, but what a throw by uh, Tomas Nito to gun him down in the first inning. That was from his knees to get Ronald Acuna by an eyelash at second base. But Ronald, not to be deterred, went out there and stole the base the next time he got on. Just unfortunately, the Braves weren't able to find the big hits with runners in scoring position on this day. One other note as far as offense is concerned, a guy that we just keep calling his name every day, and we'll do this as long as it takes. Austin Riley, home run number 25 of the season. He is only eight away from matching his total of 33 home runs. He hit 160 games last year. Austin has played, I believe, 88 of the Braves' 90 games this season. Jake, this is just more of the same from the red-hot Austin Riley hitting nearly 500 in the month of July and just continuing to make that all-star case. And I'm hoping he's going to be able to maybe find the door has been left open for him to find his way out to Los Angeles with five of his teammates. Yeah, I certainly hope so. I mean, he's he's definitely making his case for it since getting snubbed, uh, playing great. He's been playing great for the past couple of weeks now. I think he's certainly deserving of being there, and it's great to see. You know, I start to wonder, do you move him up to the third spot in the lineup with the way that he's hitting right now and move Matt Olson down behind him? I mean, I understand the the desire to have a lefty up there higher in the order, but I think Riley is your best hitter right now, and I think you need to have him up there in that three spot. Don't know that makes a ton of difference, but could be a way to perhaps get the offense going here. But yeah, Austin Riley has been great. Also, Kenley Jansen made his return today. Want to make sure we mentioned that had a clean outing. Is you're looking for positives coming out of what it was a really bad game. I think that's certainly one of them. 
Yep, that was next on my hit list. Great to see Kenley Jansen activated from the injured list. Darren O'Day put on the injured list, but the Braves have, I think, been missing the added dimension of the closer that they went out and signed. This should allow them to slot a bunch of guys a little bit further down and maybe take some of the leverage and give it to A.J. Minter in getting to Kenley Jansen. It'll just be a much more set-up-to-succeed bullpen, the design that you had coming into the season. So good to see Kinley get a scoreless inning under his belt. Uh, one other note on Austin Riley, those 25 home runs make him just the eighth Braves player in franchise history to get there before the All-Star break. So he has been doing some serious work. Uh, make your moment sparkle with jewelry from BlueNile.com and Locked On Sports listeners. Get $50 off a purchase of $500 or more. And this podcast exclusive includes engagement pieces. You use the code Locked On. That is code locked on. Every order is insured. It ships free. It arrives in discreet packaging. It won't give away what's inside. So you can st- shop stress free and find your forever peace at bluenile.com today. The Braves find themselves beginning a four game series against the Washington Nationals on the road up in D.C. And that will start on Thursday evening at 7.05 p.m. Eastern Time. It's Kyle Wright. It's our old friend, Anibal Sanchez. We'll be getting our first look at him in quite some time and a season debut for the veteran who seems to have caught back on in a city in which he has pitched before. Yeah, I would love, obviously, uh, love Edmond Sanchez. What he did in the season with the Braves was certainly big there, but would love to see this offense kind of attack him uh, as he makes his, his debut this season. And just really, that's what I'm watching for. I mean, like I said, it's been two weeks now, this offense just really not being as consistent game to game. Want to see them have some consistent bats. The home runs are going to come. We know that, and I love the home runs. Can they manufacture runs? Can they get a big hit with runners in scoring position? Didn't see that at all in the series. Every run in this series scored on a home run. So, again, love the long ball. We know that they can do that and do that as the best as anybody else in Major League Baseball. But can they tack on runs? Can they get some big hits with runners in scoring position and manufacture some runs that way and put a crooked number up on the board? We'll find out. Kyle Wright gunning for his 11th win of the season as he takes on Anibal Sanchez and the Nationals again, 7.05 p.m. Eastern time at Nationals Park, game one of four in that series. That'll do it for us on the Braves postcast today. Unfortunately, the bad news was a 7-3 loss for the Braves to the Mets and thus two out of three for New York to push their lead back to two and a half games in the NL East. But we got a lot of baseball left to be played this year and a lot of additions of the Braves postcast yet to come. So make sure to subscribe to the all-new Locked On Sports Atlanta on YouTube and the Locked On Braves, wherever you get your podcast. For Jake Mastriani, I'm Grant McCauley. We look forward to coming uh, to you again soon with another edition of the Braves postcast. And until then, so long, everyone.